Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast. I won't say much about number for a second. I'm covering my face for a reason. Uh, my guest today and I are filming this in November, and I was coerced into doing Movember at work, uh, all for a good cause, but I now look like a football. So, uh, yeah, I'm currently waiting for the beard to grow back in, and uh, so you're going to have to get used to this or just kick off of YouTube and jump over to Spotify. But welcome back. We are at Series two now, so that's mad. We started a year ago this week, um, series two, episode one. And for that, we have a very esteemed guest in uh, Hazel Mullins. If you want to say hello there, Hazel. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hello. Um, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on, Hazel. Uh, a lot of people will know you. She is famous in the farming world these days, in particular the vet world. Um, oh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> we try our best anyway, Wallace. <laughs> Uh, 16,000 followers say otherwise. Uh, well, not quite 16, but I say you're very close to that on Instagram. Uh, any idea how close you are? Oh, I've been on 15.9 for the last two weeks, and it's, it's, but hopefully when this is out, it will be 16. Abby. Surely, surely. <laughs> Pushing 17 by then, there'll be a Christmas push. Oh, I don't um, know, Abby. Every, every follower is, um, is precious, so it's, it's, uh, it used to be a race to the 10,000, I think. And then after that, then it's, it's just a nice kind of added bonus um, to be growing up in numbers. But um, I think uh, it's, it's all about the quality, isn't it, they say? Well, that's it. That's it. We'll get into Instagram as we go along, though, uh, Hazel. Could you, just before we do that, could you tell us a bit about your background? Um, was yeah. was the veteran, veterinary in the family or where did that all sort of stem from? So I am from a little village in the south of Ireland in Cork um, called Carrigneveur and my dad is a dairy farmer. My mum was a teacher, she's retired and so none of my parents are vets. I had horses, greyhounds, cows, all sorts of animals growing up and it was very much uh, I was always out on the farm. I'm an only child as well. So I'm very proud to um, kind of be taken on the farm now as well and down that road. But uh, I, yeah, so I went to Nottingham in uh, what, 2007 and I spent six years studying uh, veterinary in Nottingham University. We were the second year of entry. So we were the guinea pigs and uh, yeah, qualified in 2013 and came home to practice in Ireland straight away. I uh, was in Kerry for a year and a half, which is southwest, beautiful part of the world in Killarney. And then I moved to West Cork, another part, beautiful part of the world. And then um, I went more to Cork City and now I'm up in Kildare. So I've had four jobs. This is my fourth job now as a vet. So I'm one of these people that get itchy feet and I start um, I'm not one of I, I'm always kind of on the move and 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 looking for kind of the next challenge but uh, I'm definitely in a, a job that's challenging me now at the moment so it's great and uh, yeah really enjoying it good stuff good stuff I don't mean to point out the only place you said you've been that is not a beautiful part of the world is where you are now so I don't know oh well oh well no Kildare is very beautiful but I'm from Cork so I'm always going to be biased to <laughs> Cork being so beautiful but Kildare is is the home of the thoroughbreds it's got beautiful uh, kind of flat plains and it has everywhere you look there's horses and it's it's stunning beautiful it's it's funny you say that you're always on the move I mean uh, for those of you that haven't heard uh, of Hazel somehow if you've been living under a rock um your name is Farm Vet on the Move which I'm not gonna lie I saw the name and for a good month thought it was just a Dutch vet. <laughs> don't know why. <laughs> the, the two O's move just uh, too much for me. Um, it, it, yeah. yeah, the whole moo thing just passed yeah. by. Yeah. Well, obviously. It was a pun. Just, yeah. 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 My friend and I um, made that up whilst we were sunbathing on a beach in Croatia. And my friend okay. was saying, Hazel, what are you going to do? Like, what kind of blog? Like, you need to do something on Instagram. What are you going to call it? And she's like the queen of puns. So there was a lot of things, you know, thought about. And, and uh, yeah, Vet on the Move was decided upon. But I think then I started, I put in my username as Hazel Mullins. So generally I just come up as Hazel Mullins. But yeah, um, yeah no, Vet on the Move is my official Instagram 
username. <laughs> I mean, it, it shouldn't have went over my head. In fair, it's quite embarrassing that it did. I think the okay. reason I struggle to read uh, like Instagram names where there's no spaces always have. I don't know if that's just me being daft, but anyway, that, that's that's. And I think th- when I made this, I don't even know. Did I even know about spaces or anything? I didn't know about hashtags. I didn't know about like stories were very basic and yeah so it's four years ago now nearly since I've started it mm. yeah we have an expert right now stories were took me a while and then reels still haven't got them um oh I know so many things so many things but um anyway uh was was there anything that happened when you were younger that you thought vet I want to be a vet you know was there like a thing you remember going down and you were like no this is for me <clears throat> um I think I don't know is a cliche or not, but I think animals were such a big part of my life. And you're you're always said when you're in, you're writing your personal statement, don't write, oh, I want to be a vet because I love animals. But generally, I think that's just I, I would very much doubt there's any vet that doesn't become a vet because of that. But um, I would have said my dad was a, a big inspiration and he, I could see that he was a great stockman and he loved his animals and then my uh, local vet who I who I've used to work for uh, for the last four years um Richard Lane he took me out on placement when I was 16 and to be honest it was always a dream it was kind of thing oh she likes animals she'd be a vet you know but actually when I went out when I was 16 and saw proper practice then I said okay now Hazel you need to assert yourself in school and um start working hard and uh yeah so that's that's pretty much like my local vet basically inspired me and I had such a positive experience um that week in transition year it's called it's kind of between um so your junior cert and your leaving cert or your kind of a levels and your um GCSEs I suppose there's a year where in Ireland we kind of take off that well not off it's it's a more of a a laid back year where you get to experience life really uh, and you'd go on work experience and community work and things like that so yeah it was uh it was then that was my turning point I didn't I didn't really have a eureka moment when I was like very young but I always kind of because I liked animals it was and I like science it was always kind of in the back of my mind that the two would go very well together that uh, that school system makes a lot of sense, actually. I think, I mean, I, I've talked a few times about the fact that I'm not overly pro the way school is, uh, mm. particularly here here in Scotland. It's just if you don't know these sort of six or seven subjects, you're rubbish. You know, I, I don't really like that idea. Um, I like that sort of getting into industry, getting out and seeing what the real world's like in that sort of fourth year. It sounds yeah, good. And I- it allows you to choose your subject. So I chose all sciences then. And and again, the Irish system is is very much you have to do languages as well. Like the Leaving Cert, you have to do six or seven subjects and you can pick three or four of them. But you have to do Irish, English and, and math and English and Irish and, and a language as well. So I did French and I am quite dyslexic and I really struggle with languages and yeah, that's where my downfall was in my uh, in my leaving cert. But luckily, the sciences pulled me up, so it was it was fine. But yeah, it can be quite tough. It's it's a tough. I went to obviously to England and uh, Nottingham, but the Irish system can be very tough with the points. And it's very much okay. You didn't get six hundred points. That means you got that means you needed to get an A in every subject. Well, then you can't do this course. Whereas whereas I like the way the UK do the interview and figure out who the person is and see okay well look they got to be in that subject but they've done all this work experience you know they they show ambition and I you know there's a little bit more leeway which I think is a is a great system and I think Ireland probably needs to follow that a little bit more you know so. yeah no absolutely I, I was just going to ask you but not number one one quick thing I wanted to mention was you said at the start when I asked uh, you know was there anything that sort of made you jump jump into veterinary you mentioned it was cliche cliches are cliches for a reason like <laughs> I've always thought that folk like oh I don't want to say something because it's cliched that they're there for a reason was was there any specific reasons you chose Nottingham or was it just it chose me <laughs> okay <fair. laughs> to be honest I applied I hadn't a clue I applied I, I was this very naive Irish girl from Cork, from a dairy farm. I'd never even heard of UCAS. I hadn't a clue 
what was going on personal statement I had no idea like I I say now if I if I read back my personal statement I don't even know what it would say but um I was yeah it was just very random I put down Nottingham I think I put down the two Scottish Glasgow and Edinburgh and then I think I put down Liverpool as well because I was looking at where the flights were but the only thing is I didn't have biology in my leaving cert I had physics and chemistry and ag science and accounting but um everywhere else needed because in Dublin you only need chemistry um you don't need biology which is kind of strange when you think about it because obviously it's a lot of biology in um veterinary but that's why Nottingham had a six-year course so I did a preliminary year where I did A-level chemistry and biology plus animal handling animal welfare so there was 25 of us we were the first year of its type um in all of the vet schools in the UK so we were a little bit of a project and actually someone did a PhD following our progress from year zero all the way through vet school and to see did people that maybe didn't have the right A levels or did or people that maybe went and did a geography degree or a classics degree or something that was completely non-veterinary did they still end up with good grades and you know finish the course at the end so I think um out of the 25 of us at least uh 21 or 22 qualified as vets and we were in a very high proportion of the firsts as well in the in the year so I think uh, the experiment worked I think (laughs) Sounds that way. Sounds that way. Yeah. What What was the difference between what you guys jumped into in two thousand and seven compared to what was happening pre two thousand and seven? So pre two thousand, um, well, Nottingham, I suppose, prided itself on being a very practical year, and also it was built, as far as I know, due to the lack of vets for the foot and mouth outbreak. So it was kind of the 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 notion was put up in the in the universe when when that happened and I suppose I don't think there was probably a slight large animal focus as well and because of they had the the research farm and it was in the country and but in fairness I'd say we were everyone that qualified it was kind of a third a third a third of equine small and and large um so it it every I mean, obviously you have to cover every animal um, under the sun even tortoises and everything when you were in vet school but um, yeah no I think it was a very practical course they broke it into systems so you did uh, repro and then you did GI like so gastrointestinal then you did the heart cardio um, and then you did in that module there so they say cardio was six weeks you could do two weeks of horse cardio two weeks of um, large animal cardio so I suppose contrary to maybe a medicine degree every species has slightly different variations and different diseases and different anatomy and um yeah so you just got your head around uh, the horse and next thing you were on to the dog and cat and it was like completely different and so it was uh, an interesting it was it, it was a very good way to do it because it kind of focused your mind on systems and then we did so we did systems first second and third year and then of course in our clinical years we did systems again first and fourth and fifth year so it kind of the structure of the whole course started at the very first day we had ultrasound scanners in our hands ultrasounding like um dead horses tendons and it was just you know we were you know 18 year olds absolutely like mad to get our hands on anything cool like that so it was a great way to keep our enthusiasm up and it was yeah it was it was good and then a lot of vet schools have followed suit since um in that in that model yeah God, I, I just can't think what would go through my mind to make me want to deal with tendons and such like that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, a vet. I'm not a vet for two reasons. I would not have been nearly smart enough into that stuff. Oh my God, no. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought about the gore. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> No, but not. I can't. I could not watch. I cannot watch Grey's Anatomy. Like I can. I have to look away at Grey's Anatomy. Like I cannot handle human stuff and I think there was one day I was at a wedding and someone dislocated their knee and they were like oh Hazel Hazel can you come and help I was like "Uh uh-uh no (laughs) you'll be I'll be on the floor if I go near that poor man like not a hope (laughs) please ask a professional (laughs) sounds like a good wedding that leads to a dislocated knee it was a great wedding yeah it was a You'd mentioned sort of you, you were from a dairy farm and you're a large animal vet. Is that with a focus on cattle, uh, Hazel, or is there uh, sheep and what else? 
Yeah, I suppose my my main interest is dairy cows, and that's kind of because where I live is just fields of black and whites. But look, there is beef cattle there as well, and I and you know they're all there's 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 just different management systems between the two, but they're obviously the same animal. But it's it's um yeah, it's good. To, I like having as a focus and maybe something that I I particularly like, and I I'll go to dairy talks and. And things like that and I suppose being from a dairy farm as well it probably helps but yeah no I've moved up uh, up the country now and there's a lot more sheep so all of a sudden I'm now listening to sheep webinars and looking back at my sheep notes and uh, yeah it's good it's good I actually I was listening to uh, Carol um, there did a unit thing the other day on a live and I was like oh my god I need all the sheep knowledge just keep coming That's with the sheep knowledge yeah, I was like, I have no idea um, about breeds and, and things like that. I know like their physiology and their worming and all that. But it's it's the little bits that when you're not not used to dealing with sheep farmers that you need to kind of brush up on. And I think it's OK for as a vet that you can kind of say, OK, I haven't dealt with this in a long time or I need to brush up on my knowledge of of, of general sheep farming. And that's like we can't we can't be all things to everyone and and you know I think you have to identify where you need to focus your attention but yeah sheep farming uh sheep and then I did a little bit of horses as well I used to be really into my like equine work and in in college I'd say I was 50-50 whether I'd go and be an equine vet or a cow vet and I actually went into my first practice and uh, it was very much there was everything like I'd say a third small animals a third horses and a third um cows and I loved the horses but I just felt for me I don't know the uh, equine vets are absolute heroes like they put themselves in so much danger every day and like with cow vet well cow vet yeah it's dangerous and I've had injuries and my friends have had injuries and everything but you have a crush and generally you can kind of stall them up and things but a lot of the time you just walk into a stable with a yearling and you're you know but yeah I big up to the equine vets because yeah they're heroes they're they um they put their life at risk um every day but uh no I, I just yeah I think the cows just kind of called me and and I and I followed and I, I love them and I love yeah I just get such a kick I don't find learning going to a, a talk or a conference about cows work I, I really really enjoy it yeah Hopefully when you say you get a kick, you mean figuratively, <laughs> not actually. No, no, not, not, <laughs> not, not literally, them? no. I was uh, <laughs> sitting next to the cattle conference we had in, in Ireland there um, in October. There was, uh, we did kind of, um, the theme was kind of One Health. So we had a doctor, a human doctor speak, then we had a vet speak, and then we had maybe a little practical thing. So there was a, a, section, a session on C-sections. And of course, yeah. I got, Put with the job of chairing this c-section thing so there was a a, a lovely um egyptian uh, doctor that works in ireland in waterford and uh he and i sat down for dinner the night before over a few glasses of wine and we were chatting and i it was just it was amazing because he had absolutely no idea what we did every day on farm you know doing sections on cows that are standing and with local and they you know and I was and he was like oh you know you have good firm grip now in your scalpel and I said yeah 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 but the cow could kick you and then all that firm grip is gone and next thing you're in straight incision has a big y in it because your hand is gone and he was like really oh my god and it was actually really refreshing that that um he kind of identified that there was a lot of challenges and infection challenges as well he said how do they not die because you know they're how clean is a surgery inside, you know, inside in any maternity ward? And he said, you know, the wounds break down and, and everything. He said, yeah, I just said cows are amazing. They, they, they just get on with things and they, yeah, they survive. Well, yeah. <laughs> most of the time, been... most of the time. Well, yes, exactly. Now you're, yeah. you're moving into sheep, you might find some different results there, but. That's, um... that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a bit of a sort of, random rabbit hole to go down but you mentioned you'd sort of been injured has there been any serious injuries with mm. it I mean, touch wood no more but you know oh touch wood yeah I um I broke a finger um so I broke yeah. my um index finger on my right hand so if I ever do get engaged it's not 
it's the yeah it's, it's the opposite hand so it's okay <laughs> but um it it never went back to its proper size so um yeah my nail artist sometimes comments on 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 the big finger so yeah that that was a uh, squished um or squashed I suppose squished isn't even the word but <laughs> <laughs> it was squashed by um imagine a big metal bar and a cow you know in a in a feed in a feed barrier and I put my hand I don't know why I was kind of reading her TB test or whatever anyway I put my hand near her head and she pulled me back and it it her top of her head which is pure like bone mass and then against the bar and just in smithereens the top of my finger but luckily it was above the joint and uh, I fainted. The farmer was bringing me like seven up. Um, there was two jeeps arrived into the into the into the farm. My two bosses. One of them drove me up to Cork, and I had to stop on the way up. And like, oh god! And then my mum came in and just said, "Oh, don't mind her. She's just a drama queen." And <laughs> and then and then I was like, "Oh, thanks, mom." And yeah, no, it was very painful. And it it was the I'll always remember the sixth of February uh 2015 so if anyone realizes the 5th of february was a busy time of year for vets so i was out of work i didn't touch another large animal call for i'd say seven weeks so i'm sure my bosses were not best pleased but uh yeah it was uh it was it was annoying and i had just left the calving i on like i untwisted a uterus in a cow and i had just left that because I said oh look I'll go and read my tests and I'll come back to her and maybe she'll have calved in the meantime so then that farmer rang me on the way up to to the hospital saying that the cow had calved and I was like I know thanks so much but I'm on the way to hospital um yeah but look I've had stitches in my head I've had a burst lip I've had the stitches in my head were very scary actually because I think if I a gate opened and I fell backwards onto a concrete um cubicle slab and like I am often think God, if I just fell a different way or something, you know, it, life is such in the balance, isn't it? And yeah. sometimes, look, it wasn't my time to go. And I got like five or six stitches in my head. And I remember being concussed. And I was only a young vet at the time. I was just maybe three or four months out. I remember I drove home. Like, what? Because I didn't want anyone thinking that I was, you know, weak or I just, you know, I had five stitches in my head. Definitely, like, I didn't. I didn't pass out, but I heard the ringing, you know, that ringing. Yeah. I don't know if anyone ha- ever had a bang in the head to get that ringing noise. And I don't think I mentioned that. And then I don't think the doctor knew I drove home either. But anyway, I was very silly. So any young vets out there, please, 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 when you get concussed, don't get in the car. Just get someone to collect you and don't be a, don't be a hero. You know, it's not worth it. Bravado so, yeah. is the most dangerous thing, isn't it? I mean, it's only so four- do daft shit and like maybe not even daft, daft stuff it just it goes wrong and then they're like right I've got to pretend I'm fine and oh yeah badge of honours vets are so bad for badge of honours oh how many hours have you worked in a row oh I've worked this many nights in a row and yeah we're terrible but things are changing like we are realising that that's just not sustainable now and and you know but it is I have been I've been guilty of it as well wearing that badge of honor and being like oh sure I've only had two hours sleep and and I've calved how many cows and and Mm. but actually my body was falling apart you know so it's not good yeah I think we've all tried to win the most hours worked in a week battle and it's daft Mm. it's absolutely daft I mean you said about two hours sleep that's roughly how much I get normally but that's not because I'm working the rest it's just you know but yeah it's such a weird flex that we have to push that as anyway anyway um you mentioned there and was it untwist a uterus was that the term you said if I yeah, got wrong untwist a uterus, yeah. um is that normal is that a strange call have you got anything yeah. that stands out as weird you know I would say that's a it's a common enough call it wouldn't be an everyday call you probably maybe in a spring you might get four or five it depends and it's it's basically when the the whole so the calf is in the uterus and for whatever reason people say like cows that are bullied and they're pucked or you know if they're running around like lunatics but then there's no real actual I don't know if anyone actually came up with a a proper why it happens but it happens and there's different degrees like so it could be like 180 degree twist it could be 360 could be 720 
Um, so obviously if it's set like 360, you can't even grab a leg or anything. It's just completely closed. Um, but most, like a lot of them, the 270s and things like that, you can you can get a leg or you can get grab the hold of the of the head. And usually um, you can just untwist them. But you need to kind of, um, I suppose, anchor yourself to something so you can yeah. untwist. Yeah, but there's, 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 there's a thing called a gin stick, which is um, a, a tool that's been developed. I don't know how long it's been out. Definitely in the last maybe maybe less than 10 years anyway and it's it's a stick basically that you have ropes on and you tie onto the legs but you have to be able to get to the legs to use it and then you you twist the stick from outside so it helps the shoulders so yeah my shoulders are not I spend a lot of money on physios uh for my shoulders from twisted uteruses yeah so they're they're not the nicest of calls but it's great when you untwist it and oh but sometimes you can spend an hour untwisting it and then the cow doesn't ever open up properly and you have to do a section anyway and that's just that's all just fine but as long as you get as long as you get your live calf that's the best yeah, feeling absolutely. in the world absolute best feeling in the world yeah yeah live calf out a healthy mother it's good feeling yeah. yeah but they generally just might have a tail out and like they might have their tail up and you won't see any progression and they might be straining and you'll say oh that cow should have calved hours ago and then you put your hand in and you'll see that there's a the cervix is, is twisted the uterus is twisted yes. so um yeah there's loads of I don't know I, I you asked me maybe my my most unusual call I don't know like I had a, a calf that was stomach tubes you know it's claustrum and the stomach tube was I'd say it must have been from I don't know 1920 I'd say the poor tube fell apart in in as the calf was like you know in in the calf and the so the, the farmer took away the bottle and the tube was missing okay. the tube was in the calf and the calf was only a day old and I had to do uh, a surgery to remove the tube from the stomach um yeah so that was good and the calf lived and it was brilliant yeah this is one of my so, uh, yeah that, I, do you know it's funny I, I was aware of that one because when I originally got in touch with you uh I sort of googled you and, and that was in another article somewhere oh really uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> pardon my lack of biological knowledge here because I got kicked out of standard grade biology for a reason um but how did that surgery go because I'm right in saying that the 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 sort of the rumen hasn't fully developed in a calf but a deal mm. so mm. What, what are you actually working with yeah it was it was the it was kind of <sighs> It was a, it was the very early rumen basically. So it didn't have, it didn't have all its, it didn't have, it was, it was, it was so thin. It didn't have all its kind of papillae and, and yeah. all this, you know, obviously it was, it was going to develop that later on. So yeah, it was like, it was like um, operating maybe on an abomasum, which is the other stomach. It was very, it was very thin. Um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. I'd never done it before and it was kind of like, oh sure we'll try it and we'll see but luckily because it's um I suppose it was a it was a, a baby calf and and um it had no kind of ingesta and things in it so like when I opened it up there wasn't a lot of um risk of contamination and things so that's probably played a part um you know to help the surgery so it was a uh, it was an interesting one yeah and then we took yeah. it out and I was like here it is <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they didn't yeah. use it again no, they used it for 80 no, years no 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 but I don't know like I think I think I always say that we should always have a diary with us and you know properly write down like oh. our interesting cases and our funny stories and and life just takes over sometimes and you're just trying to get on to the next call and you know trying to think back on there's probably lots of different things that I've done that are a bit out there but sometimes if it was dark and late at night and in the middle of spring, sometimes you just forget them. Yeah, exactly. I mm. think, I assume you're aware of, are you aware of Kaz, fake Kaz? You know, came across him? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I have. I yeah. think he does that, I think. Oh, does he write down all his things? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, it's a good, um, it's a good thing to do. Mm. Yeah, follow the podcast because we'll be having one soon enough. Uh, but, uh, oh, very good. I think he does. I think he does. But um, yeah, and he has maybe, all his videos and everything. He's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're really good. Does does a lot yeah. of sort of promoting British farming as well and sort of that sort mm. of thing. So it's good. Um, do you have actually no one more question before that? 
I'm, I'm the sort of excited interviewer asking what the most random thing is that happened. But what's the most common thing you're going out to? What's a thing that you're almost doing every week or anything like that? Mm. <clears throat> um, common thing. I suppose it, it depends on the time. So, so I, I would work in a very seasonal um, calving pattern block. So we're, we're very, so the most common thing in spring uh, would probably be uh, E. coli mastitis. Uh, okay. cases um or um milk fever cases we still get caught called quite a few milk fevers in ireland i know in the uk it's it's maybe a little bit ahead that we don't get caught you don't get called as many but calvings um yeah generally generally like sick cows after calving is kind of the the main you know cows after calving their immunities are down they're open for infection they're open for metabolic disease and that's kind of our bread and butter of you know our firefighting thing but look i think veterinary is changing as well that you know it, it is going to much more preventative now and and all these firefighting calls look they'll always be the the calls for the sick animals and the vet that's going to treat the sick animals but i think um vets nowadays as well are big into you know the herd health and vaccinating and just looking at the farm as a whole and trying to prevent those diseases happening so those metabolic diseases are all preventative so if we can stop them then it's probably more beneficial to everyone but uh gets us less out of the bed and also better for the health of the the animal as well and just about every situation is better than a cure though isn't it i mean there's very few exactly yeah yeah Yeah. that's where veterinary that's where large animal veterinary is going um, and it's it's been it's been heading that way for the last ten years, which is great. Is is that just large animal veterinary, or is small also moving in that direction? Um, I suppose small is always going to be your. I I look. I say I think small is more your like. Obviously, you've got your vaccines and all that as well in your small animals. But I think there's a lot more. You know, dogs and cats get a lot more diseases. You know, like cancers and lumps yep. and bumps and. There's just a lot of like a lot of things in, in the small animals isn't preventative, you know, obviously with weight, you know, keeping your dog healthy and a good weight and, and you know, all that kind of thing. But they're look, they're prone to arthritis, you know, they live longer as well and, and all that. And then it's just it's a different it's a totally a different field, I think. But actually with with cows, because they're like little furnaces and they're taking in so much energy and producing product and. I think it's 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 a lot more. They're like a little. They're like a little. Um, there's always a good um dem- uh, graphic of the um iceberg, and so what you see yes. on the the surface, and then what you see on below, and what's happening, what's actually happening below the surface in a cow is absolutely incredible. All the different mechanisms, and science, and everything, and any any little tweak in that between you know a mineral imbalance or an enzyme imbalance and you're gone and then that's very much brought back to nutrition and all the other health things that come with a cow so it's yeah it's a it's a that's I think that's why I love it because it's so science-based yeah 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 and I assume I mean there'll be farmers out there that sort of malnourished not necessarily in the form of over or under just one of but for the most part they'll be consulting and that sort of thing but I assume with pet owners that'll be a, a more common thing just because you're not looking at it from a science perspective you're just having a pet and maybe getting it wrong because you don't know but that's yeah. like a glaring assumption but I'm just guessing I, um, I I actually you know I hats off to the equine vets but hats off to the mixed vets as well because they are you know they they have so much knowledge on everything and it's so hard like they're they're geniuses the people that can go from um you know taking a a lump off a dog and diagnosing diabetes in a dog out to doing a section and uh, you know back then maybe to do I don't know a colic in a horse and and it's yeah they're incredible yeah I mean I'm pretty certain all vets are pretty clever but yes it sounds like you're right I mean there's a lot Oh, I don't do know. you <laughs> do you as a vet sort of have a particular focus? Now you're saying you're sort of mainly aiming at dairy cattle, for example. Now going a bit more into sheep, but do you have a particular thing like something comes up in the vet practice and they're like, "Oh, that's Hazel's thing." Is that yeah. a thing or not really? 
Um, yeah, well, I would have said calf health is kind of my thing. I love anything to do with calves. Um, so I think if you get the calves right, then you get the rest of the system. It, it's you're setting yourself up for for success really so calf health would be one thing I love surgery as well like any any unusual surgeries um I love to get my hands on and and, and try um and I just love improving like I loved talking to that doctor at the conference because he was saying oh why do you use this suture material and why don't you use this scrub to clean the skin and I was just fascinated and I, you know, I've looked up things now that he said, trying to improve my surgical technique and yeah, but no, I think, um, I suppose in the dairy world, you've got repro, you've got mastitis, you've kind of got all these kind of areas that you can go. But I, I do think that calf health is, is kind of where I, I love anything to do with calf health. Yeah. That, and yeah, that, that was what I was, what I was wondering. And the sort of the talking to doctor, like you said there, like, I mean, no, I'm not out there talking to doctors because it's not what I do. But when you're talking to people sort of in similar in- industries to yourself, well, mm. but not the exact same, it's brilliant what you can pick up from like from different folk. Uh, I want to jump onto Instagram and I'm going to, I've just got one random, very random question. I don't know if you've listened Go to it, but this happens quite often. Um, you mentioned at the start uh, you were from a farm, but you've also sort of always been involved in greyhounds. Yeah. Um, I'd quite like to ask you about the greyhound vet on your side as well. My question at the minute is, what do you think on greyhound racing? I think greyhound racing has come on leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. And I suppose the welfare side of it has absolutely improved, especially in Ireland. There's been a lot of work put into the rehoming side of it I think there was a a post there the other day in the last three years there's there's 3,700 Irish racing greyhounds rehomed through the IGB which is the Irish greyhound uh, industry so look there's always bad apples and good apples Um, I would hopefully consider myself a good apple in in the greyhound world we give our like our dogs we have retired greyhounds on the farm and they're all pet names they all have their kennels they're all walked a couple of they're fed better than myself um they're absolutely like to be honest they're both like they are like you know they're they're racing but they're also you know our pets as well really and it's um yeah so look my dad has been a greyhound trainer um basically all his life and my granddad had greyhounds as well and um yeah it's just been in the family and we're very proud of the my heritage of, of greyhound racing as well and look it was a tough it's been a tough couple of years to try and defend but I'm very glad that a lot of work has gone in and you know I would if anyone ever wants to discover what it's like you know just go to a track talk to a trainer and I remember I did my um piece or my I suppose a dissertation yeah on on greyhounds and ultrasounding to see about um kind of a they had this kind of a, a muscle that used to bleed spontaneously and I wanted to look into it and, and look into sudden deaths and things like that so yeah I went around to Greyhound Train and they were just so welcoming and they just welcomed me in and and um yeah I just think that it's 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 improving every day and it's uh, I I love my greyhounds and they're yeah I am um, just a big part of my my life I suppose all 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 growing up yeah, yeah, no, that's an, that's interesting. It's, um, it's a positive answer because I, I don't mm. really know much about the sort of welfare sides of horse and greyhound racing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I had a fearful addiction to gambling at one point that was based <laughs> on greyhounds, but uh, yeah. I don't actually know much about it on the ground, so that, that's mm. interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, on to sort of the reason I originally got in touch with you, Hazel and the reason I'm aware of and a lot of you guys listening probably are aware of Hazel. Um Instagram, big part of your life now, I'm sure. Uh, farm vet on the move. Where did the idea come from originally? And you've said where the sort of name came came from, yeah. but uh, yeah, what's the sort of movement been from day one to now? I suppose I wanted to show what. Basically, I started off wanting to show my friends, and I always tell the story because I did. I I, I set up um, back in the day in Snapchat. I set up a group of my friends who were all urban living basically uh, very little experience with rural life and farming and 
because I, I went to school in Cork City, so I had a lot of friends from the city. So I wanted to show, they were always said, Hazel, what do you mean by twisted uterus? Or what do you mean by a prolapse? Or, you know, and I said, okay, started, I was like, look, guys, I'll send photographs. They might be a bit gory, but like, you know, you can just tap on and you don't have to see them. So they, and I used to send like when I was going out at four in the morning or whatever, and I was like, morning guys, just here with my calf and da, da, da. And then they said that I should really make a blog or something. And Instagram was just kind of starting to really take off on that kind of blog kind of world you know and so I kind of contemplated doing kind of a website blog and then I said no look okay I saw a few people on Instagram like other vets like Jared the vet and and um there was a hijabi vet as well in in America and I followed her and um the calf vet as well and I just wanted to probably give my own take on it as an Irish female large animal vet working in Cork and just kind of make people aware of what we do every day and you know also show that there's that there's a person behind the vet coming in as well and you know my 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 interests so my my page is my personal page and my kind of I suppose professional page and I a lot of my things would cross over so I don't know sometimes you could see me shopping or sometimes you could see me you know at a at a race meeting or something and it's just me and that's kind of what I put out there and then people just started tagging me in things and following me and it just went then I started getting a few gigs like trying you know takeovers with uh, national newspapers and things like this and yeah it's just it was fantastic and it's uh it's just been a bit of a whirlwind it's, it's yeah I, did, I never expected to be where I am now with it and I'm very proud of where I am now and I've worked very hard and it's it's just it's getting the energy to keep it consistent and it's sometimes you just yeah you lack that energy or you might get a comment that just sets you back and you're like oh but then you just have to you have to be quite thick-skinned and I I don't know if I'm the most thick-skinned person in the world I'm quite sensitive so I um it does take me maybe a couple of days to come back from I don't get too many bad comments now at all but and I think that's why they hit me so badly when I maybe get one and sometimes just people get the wrong end of the stick or they you know I don't I don't get um I get more things for maybe ads and gifted and things like that you know that oh like you just want this free thing or something and it's it's a and I I actually you get offered quite a bit of things and it's it's lovely and I, I think at the start I was so taken back by people wanting to give me I was like oh my god like yeah no bother I'll put it on my Instagram but actually when you have to step back now and kind of think okay am I going to do this product justice does it fit into what I am as a I suppose as a brand and who I am and you know is it completely off the wall um you know like me getting a gift of of an air fryer or something wouldn't really associate (laughs) with you know um, my farm vetting and my life on the farm and things like that so it's it's yeah it's 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 a tough one because I think you have to have a balance between educational posts but then you're also getting opportunities to work with companies and it's it's a it's a balance trying finding that and it's only since it's only in the last year or maybe year and a half that that's kind of become a a bit of a change in my page because um yeah I suppose it's nice to I like I, I got Fairfax and favor boots the other day oh my god I screamed down the house like I was I messaged all my friends I was like guys I've 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 done it I've just reached I've reached my absolute peak now this is it <laughs> and then I've just put like I just put so much pressure on myself then to actually take a nice photograph with these boots on that I just put it off and off and off because I could not I was like oh god no no this photograph this just doesn't do it justice no can't and then I don't have one of these. I don't even have a tripod. I need to get a tripod. I'm such an uh, um, absolute basic Instagrammer. <laughs> like, I need to get a tripod. I need to get an Instagram boyfriend that wants to take photographs that I can just be like, because my boyfriend is allergic. Like, anytime I say, we can just take a photograph of me here with Betty, my dog. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> or he will. Or it's like, that's enough now. Come on. <laughs> So yeah, it's um, it's it's a tough old ask to get those photographs. 
I would just like to say, Hazel, that, 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 that our two cast is not a dating site. You're in the wrong place here looking for an Instagram boyfriend. No, um, no, no. I do have a boyfriend, so no, he's, he's great. <laughs> no, no. It, it, do you know, it's probably actually quite a good thing. I think sort of people whose lives are not, and I'm not going to say dictated, that's the wrong word, but are dependent somewhat on social media. And now yours to a point is because you're, uh, you've you've got a, a following there that you sort of get to keep up with. It's probably good to have that detachment. Um, mm. I think a lot of people struggle with not getting that detachment. Yeah. Uh, which, oh, which I was you... very bad um, <laughs> when I first met uh, Jonathan. He couldn't get over how much I was on the phone because I yeah. lived at home with my mum and dad and they were off watching Corrie. And I just had so much time to, but actually look, I look back and that was a great time for me to build my following. Yeah. And that was a really good, that, that was kind of when I was maybe at like three or 4,000 and my whole life was consumed with putting up stories and posts. And I just put so much pressure on myself, but now I do have to step back a bit and, yeah. you know, I'm probably not as active as I used to be on, on Instagram, but I try my best and I'm, you know, I still have made all my wonderful friends and it's, the real community of ag people on on insta so it's, it's fantastic to be part of that community as well and the vet community so i'm kind of part of the two which yeah. is brilliant yeah yeah i mean i'm funnily enough not part of the vet community uh, but the the ag community i mean i'm relatively small still on instagram but it, it's great there's such a support and vibe there like it's class i love it yeah great um, We've we've all well that's not true. A lot of us have been put in magazines and newspapers and stuff for this online stuff that a lot of us do. Uh, but very few of us have been in the front of a front cover of a magazine. <laughs> now you, along with uh, was it Louise Crowley, yeah, Alice, Alice. Rogers, uh, Sophie Bell, Sophie um, Bell, yeah, we're we're on the front of independent weekend magazines. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. What tell us about that? About that was, that, a, that that was a bit. That was mad. Like. Yeah. Even like so it was Alice actually um so Alice got approached and Alice and was asked um you know to kind of gather us up and and things. So then we we went and we did the photo shoot which was which was just the funniest thing. There was a smoke like there was a smoke machine inside <laughs> in the parlor and you and uh Paddy the photographer was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to get the smoke machine." And I was like, oh, "Yeah, funny." Next thing, full on smoke machine inside the parlor. And I was like, <clears throat> and then he was like, okay, Hazel, like, okay, guys, you're going for like smoldering, you know, like no messing, boss women look, you know. And then I was the only one that, that in the first kind of shoot, like in the first one or two takes, I was the only one that was like, okay, let's look serious now, Hazel. And then he goes to me, uh, Hazel, are you at a funeral or something? Like, what? And I was like, you asked me to be serious. And, and then he said, yeah, everyone else is smiling. And I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, I'd say the first couple of photographs were just hilarious. But um, I know it's, it's very good. And actually, it was a very, I don't know, it was an eye opener to, like, how difficult these photo shoots are. And for him to get these shots as well, it took nearly, I think we were on farm for nearly three and a half hours taking photographs. And it was just, it was great crack because we went for lunch beforehand. And that was one of the best things, just meeting the girls getting to sit down and like I had never met um Sophie or Louise in person because of I suppose COVID and everything just never yeah. happened and um yeah they're just fab and yeah and then it came out and like it was all very like it was 10 days between our interview our photograph and the front cover and it was just madness and yeah people the phone was lighting up my mum had bought like every copy in the shop I think um there's even there's a cop there's a I'm here in the practice now in the moment there's a cop there's a copy inside in the staff room when I go home there's two on the uh, like this is nearly a month ago now as well this happened um but you know what I was very privileged very very honored and I look back at it as like a chance of a lifetime to do something like that and just represent my story and to tell about you know I suppose women in agriculture and how we were all very different as well. We did, all had very kind of different stories and it was nice that we weren't all the same. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. cool. Picking an outfit, that was difficult. Like we were all going, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Only the Fairfax and favourite boots were there before, eh? <laughs> oh, well, no, we were properly in wellies. Like we were in the, like this, it was a, we were on Louise's farm and it was properly working farm. So no, the Fairfax and favourite boots would not have been <laughs> ideal, no. 
I've only it's, worn them about three times because they're literally like they're in their they're they're in their dust bags and everything. They're just precious. It's funny, do you know, like I mean I am the most unfashionable person on this earth. Dreadful. Like it's it's to to a point of no return really it's bad um but my my ex-girlfriend uh was was a big fan of fear facts and favorite and she was like i really want these boots really want these boots and she ends up getting a spanish boot company they're gorgeous these mm. purple boots absolutely beautiful and honestly three years on i have never seen her in them <laughs> like, <not once. laughs> like, they just sit like this plaque in this box yeah. you know um, yeah, no. Us, us, us women can be unusual sometimes with uh, <laughs> our our possessions that we've spent a lot of money on. Yeah, we we they're so nice, but you can't wear them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, in fairness, I get it. I get it. I do get it. Um, it's like us with tech stuff, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, you mentioned that it was really good to sort of promote the women in agriculture thing, and also earlier on, you mentioned that uh, it was your sort of Instagram was quite popular because it was a female in, in, in the veterinary industry. Is that something that you've ever felt to be an issue or is it, is it a, it's a male dominant industry uh, largely uh, veterinary, isn't it? Or not really? Well, <laughs> it used to be historically. Okay. Um, but I would say that there's, there is, so in my year in Nottingham, there was 20 boys and 80 girls. Okay. So that was good crack. And um, <laughs> the boys, <laughs> The boys had the pick of us, you know, they, um, yeah, they were doing well. And um, they, yeah, I know it's definitely, I would say there's a lot more, like when I go to conferences now, even since I qualified eight years ago, I said it's 50-50 now, women and okay. men inside in the audience for and a cattle conference. And I would say that it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, like I'm definitely not unique. Like there's so many more like large animal vets and even like, you know, there's, there's Sophie Harding and, and, Miranda and there's you know Lucy Beth uh, Cowbed as well on Instagram and you know there's 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 a lot like they're only a, you know we're just the girls on Instagram that are cow, you know cow vets but there is a lot of um, female farm vets out there and to be honest I've been very very lucky um look you're always going to get the one or two farmers that don't want you because you know they don't think you're strong enough or you know they don't want you and sometimes it's out of a good place as well they don't want you to get hurt mm -hmm. and they're just they're they, like they're maybe more traditional in their views and they just don't want maybe like castrating you know bullock bulls or something like that they'd rather that you know they wouldn't want us to to get hurt and look I, I can see that and sometimes you just have to explain to them that look I'll be fine and I've done this so many times before and but then it is annoying then when you get farmers that just point blankly you know not because you know calvings can be one of the, the one of the things that oh is any of the lads around and you're like no they're not around um but i've calved umpteen cows like you know and and it is funny when when especially maybe in my first kind of few jobs that they'd have the buckets of of water ready for the section and next thing you'd you'd get you'd calve it normally and they'd be like oh uh yeah, we just had everything ready because we uh, we just thought that you might be able to get it out the back. And but fair play to you, you did it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And look, you could take that and kind of take that and kind of turn it into, well, how how dare you, you know? I suppose underestimate me, but I just take it. I just laugh at. I just yeah. be like, oh yeah, tell your. I used to be like, tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friends that's a good one tell your friends tell everyone and you know spread the word that uh, the female vets are just as good and look obviously I've had to call for help with sections I've always say this I've had to call with help with sections my male colleagues who um you know might have had 20 years experience has have called me on occasions to help them with sections there is absolutely no shame in calling for help there's no shame in saying look, I don't know that, but I'll need to research it. I'll get back to you in the morning. And, you know, there's no shame in saying, oh, well, look, I think my boss saw one of these a couple of months back. I'm just going to ring him or her and check. And I just I just think it is trying to, communication is like, oh, like veterinary communication is key. And it's it's about, you know, knowing your boundaries, knowing when you need help and, but also believing in yourself as well that, yeah, Okay, they have the buckets there, but I think I can get this out the back. And yeah. 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 Challenge almost. <laughs> yeah, challenge. Yeah. Yeah.
Um, well, that, actually, just one more question, Hazel. How many people are at your practice? How many folk work there? Uh, so I've just changed up. My previous practice there was, um, God, there was six, seven, eight, nine, ah, oh, ten vets, I'd say. Five, okay. There was six full-time large animal vets. Well, not full-time. They did a bit of small, but some of them were full-time. And then, um, so they were mixed vets, say. And then there was four um, full-time small animal vets. Yeah. So now, I, now I'm in a, um, a corporate veterinary practice. So now I have, now there's, I think... So I've, I'm, I mentor vets now, so I'm a clinical director now. So I, I do a lot of mentoring of young vets and, and kind of overall running of, of kind of the large animal practice side of things. So now there's like, I think, nine large animal vets and there's, I don't know, oh, there could be 10 small animal vets. There's <laughs> a lot. Um, but no, it's good to be in a big team. I think that's key to have a team and to make the most, you know, identify strengths and identify areas of interest and you know trying to get that team to work as well as possible and also the rota is really important as well and it gives you time off and it gives you time to decompress and you know go for uh, a bit of a holiday or just have a weekend off and whatnot so yeah no, it's important as we said earlier that that stuff's very important um but uh, it's been a, a great first episode really enjoyed that i've learned a lot oh. about it really enjoyed it so thank you very much for that you're welcome um, and thank you Wallace whether whether you listen or not hey Hazel there's two questions at the end of every single podcast I ask everyone first off is where do you see yourself in five years and second off if you had any tips for anyone coming into the industry and now in your position feel free for that to be uh, the vet industry and also sort of posting online about your career uh, what would they be okay. Okay, where where will I be in five years' time? Um, well, I'm 32 now, so that's 37. So I'll be at the wrong end of the of the 30s. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I definitely will be a vet. Like I'll be a vet for my whole life. That's like okay. it, you know. Um, I'll I probably will be farming a little bit more. I would like to kind of continue in a similar role to what I'm in now in the leadership and management side of things and you know the herd health really focusing in on that and maybe get maybe I'm nearly have my certificate done in Edinburgh University actually I forgot to say that and uh, I've one module left so I have my certificate and who knows I might keep keep it going and and, uh, make that a master's but yeah look just to be happy have my dogs have my cows um maybe a robot maybe we might look into that maybe and see i don't know i don't know yet we'll see pipe dream but i think (laughs) pipe dreams are good it's good to have goals and good to have dreams and but i think look um i used to have i used to be very much focusing i know i'm wambling on now but i used to be very much focusing on long-term goals but i just i have shortened those and i kind of even have day-to-day goals or week-to-week goals and yeah to be happy and have all the people in my life I have now and yeah to maybe have a bit more education and maybe a bit more farming so and yeah so that's kind of where I'll be in five years and hopefully and then the other side of it where the is the advice is so for people wanting to be farm vets is you don't have to be from a farm you don't have to uh, be a farmer, you know, farmer's son or daughter. You don't. You just have to have an interest in agriculture and can see maybe even science. Like really the science behind large animal veterinary is, is, is immense. And, you know, to have that passion and also just to have um, like go out, get experience, you know, go lambing, go calving, get whatever you can. It doesn't have to be like veterinary as long as it's, just some sort of farming it would be a big big help and yeah and just I suppose on the online thing just be true to yourself um I think people you say oh Hazel like why are you putting up um that you're going shopping and look yeah I know it's not it but I think it's me and you just have to be true to yourself and look you don't have to put everything online that's that's you know going on in your life and I think as well, if you're going down the showing your prof- profession um, as a vet or as a farmer, then I think it's just, you know, you know, show 
what your day to day and yeah it might be boring to you but actually someone else might find it really interesting and I think that's kind of finding the interesting in the boring is probably what I was good at you know out tv testing and I used to have like a hashtag like oh seen at the test and it was you know and uh, something that I would have picked up and tried to make the best out of maybe a maybe more mundane job and yeah kind of consistency as well is a good thing and uh, yeah just uh, don't mind the haters block them I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, do you know what you said, like, your friends ask, why did you put up your going shopping? I think people, sometimes, uh, there's a detachment from those Facebook, Instagram celebrities, and, like, they forget, like, they're real people. <laughs> yeah. I think stuff like that's really important. Um, yeah, no. Good tips and good goals for five years, I'd say. Uh, but Thank you. Thank you very much for that. I've really enjoyed the last hour. I uh, appreciate you taking your time in the practice until half eight. So um, that's that's commitment. That yeah, is. It's not a, it's not an, it's not an, um, me and podcasts. Monday and Tuesdays are kind of my Vet Space Ireland podcast. So that's, that's, uh, I was, you know, saying that I must try and get out of my uh, interviewing role and let you interview me Wallace so thank you so much and you did a fantastic job and I was just keep up the good work and honestly it was a pleasure to be on your podcast oh well I appreciate that and it's funny that Hazel said that before we hit record I was being interviewed but yeah it's great to have you on I appreciate that thank you and we shall keep in touch thanks so much